traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Introduce my uh, two guests for this afternoon. Uh, first, we have Tony Dolan, who is uh, an incredible... Uh, uh, he's, he's a man who really helped change history. He was the chief speechwriter in the White House, in the Oval Office for Ronald Reagan. How cool is that? And had a big hand in, uh, I, I forget what your role, Tony, was in the Trump White House. I know you were part of the speechwriting team there. I think you were kind of a consultant, but I know you worked in the White House with uh, with Trump as well. So that's pretty amazing working for Reagan and Trump. So Tony, thank you for joining us. And we also have Richard Ron, who also played a big part in making history 40 years ago, as I was explaining earlier, for those of you just tuning in. Uh, yesterday was the 40-year anniversary, August 13. 1981 was a day that changed history because that's the day that Ronald Reagan signed into law his historic tax rate reduction. And Richard Ron was the chief economist at that time for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. That's when the Chamber of Commerce actually was a uh, was a uh, pro-business, uh, pro-tax cut, pro-free enterprise uh, organization. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not right now. But Richard, you played a great role as well. So thank you, both of you. You're my hero. So I'm so um, honored to have you on the show. Tony Dolan, let's start with you. Reagan, how did it, come, how did it happen? I mean, it was an amazing miracle that we got this giant tax cut passed. And tell us about how you think it happened and the role that the Gipper played in well, making it happen. Steve, there's a real easy answer to that. But before I get to it, uh, I, I have to tell you, back in 67, William F. Buckley Jr. asked me to do articles for the National Review that would bring them up to date on the youth revolution. And my first choice was WABC Radio. And there you go. Their story, their story was about Big Dan Ingram and Cousin Brucie, and it led the youth revolution. And I'll, I'm certain that we're going to continue that tradition today because a lot of young people <laughs> out there are not going to know some of the facts that we're going to bring up now. But you asked Good. How did it happen? It happened because of a remarkable person named, uh, uh, remember his name, Ronald Reagan. He was, yeah. uh, you know, back in the, in the late 70s, he said that the fellow he worked on his radio show with, incidentally, let's do a column about Camp Roth, which was this wild tax reduction idea mm-hmm. uh, at a time when rates were up in the 70%. And uh right. This this offended the Republicans, and it, 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 it also horrified the Democrats. But the point I will leave you with is this, and I can expound on this if you want me to. But Donald, D- Donald Trump did the same thing recently right. and set right. off an economic revolution. But way back when, when it was real heresy, Ronald Reagan, because he was, was a real student of economics, all his CEA uh, chairman all told me individual stories about how much he knew about economics and how it astonished right. them. So uh, he was the one that got this idea. It was God love Jack Kemp and all the other heroes who who ran with it, including Richard Ron, who did just right. human work over the day. Right. But uh, th- there's there's one answer to your question, and, and, it, and it's uh, it's got the initial so Tony, R. 
Yep. So, Tony, I mean, I remember back then. I was still a snot-nosed kid back then. Uh, but I do remember with the media, I, I didn't know Ronald Reagan back then. I, I was privileged in the end of the Reagan administration to serve for about nine months in the Reagan administration. But back then, all I knew about Ronald Reagan was that he was some kind of grade B actor. He was just reading the scripts. He didn't really know what he was talking about, but he's a pretty face. He was a good actor. But you're telling us he really understood this stuff. He was an economist. Yeah, but- Hey, uh, Steve, don't feel bad. When he came, made a goodwill visit just after his inauguration to Tip O'Neill, Tip O'Neill said, you're in the big leagues now. And everybody laughed at his budget plan, which was the first right. part of his economic program. The tax cut, he would refer to as the cornerstone. But the first part was getting through. We were doing 18% increases every year in federal spending. Right. And just right. so people know, this is really important. There were 22% interest rates. Can you think about that for a second? Amazing. Double-digit inflation two years in a row, and we were at 8% unemployment. The Carter era had been a disaster. How are we ever going to get out of this uh, economic mess? And Reagan shocked Washington. He went on the air and spoke to the American people, treated them seriously, intellectually, and with speeches – you know, listen, I am very proud of the fact that I contributed the Walter Lippmann quote, but that's about it. He wrote those <laughs> speeches himself. He knew, right. Yeah. He knew. He wrote them themselves. Amazing. And, okay, shot, and that's why Bill Sapphire called him the great communicator. That helped the media get over its shock. But when this bill right. came up, I just want to finish this by telling you, uh, everybody was quoting O'Neill again because he was this great congressional head counter. He'd been the subject of a Jimmy Breslin book about he always knew what number of ducks he could ride up in a row. And so he was saying he had a 20-vote cushion. And once again, Ronald Reagan went on the air, did his magic, and the next morning you could see all the pictures in the papers of <laughs> congressional secretaries who could not see over the stacks of telegrams on their desk. <laughs> he, Amazing. he had done it, and no one dared vote against it. Okay, so Richard Ron, thanks, Tony. So Richard Ron, um, even some people in the business community, you were working at the Chamber of Commerce. You had a huge role, as Tony was just saying, in helping get this thing passed. Uh, but even among some of the big businesses, there wasn't a, a consensus that this would work. So what, what is your remembrance of how this happened? Um, I'll give it to you in a second. But one thing, of course, Tony knows well, Ronald Reagan was our last president to actually have a, a degree in economics. <laughs> That's right. And, From Eureka and, College, right? Yep. And he learned classic economics, which is, right. you know, it, it became supply side. It's basically the same right. stuff. And Reagan had a great line. I'm sure Tony remembers it with uh, some of us young economists who are around him. He said, uh, fellows, unlike you, I don't have to unlearn what I learned. And referring <laughs> right. to, he said, right. and he said, I, I learned my economics before Keynes wrote his book. Wow. So wow. For yeah. all of us who had been polluted by Keynesian thinking, uh, the president didn't have that. And he, he was actually <clears throat> very solid in his economic thinking, and he knew a great deal. And the press, of course, never gave him the credit. Uh, regarding your question about the business community, it was interesting times because uh, a lot of the big businesses, and I'll point out one company particularly, General Electric, had had lobbyists who had enabled right. them to not pay much in the way of taxes. They had all kinds right. of special right. provisions, 
Yeah. The small Loophole. businesses, the entrepreneurial businesses, were right. getting shafted by the very right. high tax rates. So at the chamber, there was a great conflict between some of the big businesses who had uh, managed to skew the tax code to their benefit versus the great majority of smaller and entrepreneurial businesses. And um, I, as an economist, early on, I had told the folks at the chamber when they hired me that uh, my views were well-known and I believed in limited government and free markets and free trade, and uh, I wasn't going to reverse my positions because I was now at the chamber. And they agreed, uh-huh. and to their credit, uh, they allowed me and my team, we had a very good team of economists at the chamber. Uh, a number of them actually went over to your uh, your stomping grounds, the Heritage Foundation, some to the Cato Institute. And... Um, <clears throat> Uh, but it was an, an ongoing struggle between uh, the forces of, uh, I look at darkness in the business community, who were always trying to uh, undermine, uh, well, when right. we first did Kemp Roth, the Reagan tax cuts, and, you know, carve out little things for themselves, which had been the death knell of the, of the tax uh, package. Right. And the so, main reason, one of the main reasons we were able to get it through is because it was across the board, treated everyone equally, yep. Yep. and greatly reduced those marginal tax rates, uh, which were killing the American economy. So, so we got a break in a minute, and so you've got about a minute left before a break, and I, I, I hope I can ha- I keep you guys over because this is a fascinating conversation. But very quickly before we, uh, we break, uh, Richard, there, as I recall, there were two fundamental complaints and arguments that Tip O'Neill and others made against the tax cuts. Number one, they said it would cause inflation. Remember, they said it would cause inflation. Oh, yes. And oh, number yes. two, and number two, they said this is a tax cut that will only only benefit the rich. What do you say to that? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, the empirical evidence was that within uh, two years, the tax cuts actually went into effect in the beginning of 1983, and by 1984, the economy was growing at record rates, you know, sort of like right. the Chinese rates, the double-digit right. rates. Right. And, um, and of course, what had happened is inflation plummeted, as Tony pointed out, um, where it was up in double digits, and it dropped down to the low single digits uh, over just the period of three years. Right. Uh, and people said that couldn't be done. It was, I remember right. I had a... I debated Paul Samuelson before the House Ways and Means right. Committee <laughs> right. when he was arguing that this was basically impossible. And by the way, and let me just interrupt. Let me just interrupt you for one second. At that time, Paul Samuelson was probably the most famous economist in the world. He had written the textbooks, right, about economics that yeah. that a whole generation had read, right? Yeah, his textbook was by far and away the the biggest seller. He was right. a very nice man, but. Right. He, he was a, a died in the wool Keynesian, and uh, in fact, at one point he had argued the Soviet Union was likely to overtake the U.S. Much to his embarrassment. Oh, right, in his later, right. later years, I'll give him credit. He admitted he'd been wrong, and he was actually very kind about it. And um, yeah, well, that's good. Wait, he, he actually admitted he was wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, good. No, okay, look, we got to. 
we got a break because we've got a hard break here. But can you? I hope you guys can stay with me. I want to finish, the, uh, you know, continue this a fascinating discussion about what happened 40 years ago because it's so relevant to the debates we're having right now in Washington. You're listening to 77 Talk Radio WABC. I'm Steve Moore. This is More Money. It's More Money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to 77 Talk Radio WABC. This is More Money. I am your host, Steve Moore. Thank you so much for joining us for this hour. We're having a fascinating conversation that is that is very educational. I think get your kids uh, to listen in on this because this really is history about what happened 40 years ago today. It is so uh, relevant to what, what is happening right now in America because we're seeing the opposite of what Reagan did. Reagan cut taxes. He cut regulation. He tried to reduce the size and scope of our government and let the private sector uh, take, uh, take reign. And Tony Dolan, you know, this was Reagan's philosophy, right? That, that government, uh, you remember he used to say government is not the solution. Government is the problem. And he really believed that, didn't he? He really did. And it's important to remember two concepts here. Uh, it seems logical to people that you get a bunch of experts in a room, like if you're going to build a bridge and you get some engineers and you build a bridge. But the right. funny part of it is with government and with the economy, that's exactly the wrong thing to do. If you put a panel of philosopher kings in charge of either one, you end up uh, with chaos or tyranny. And Reagan knew that. He knew the founders understood that, that government was the great threat to human freedom, while minimal government was needed to preserve it. And, uh, and the great threat to uh, human prosperity. There's a famous economist named Frederick Hayek who pointed out there are mysterious, beneficent forces at work in the world. Right. And right. one of those, he used to call it, uh, he used to call it spontaneous order. And he also talked about the fatal conceit that putting smart people in charge makes things better in a democracy or with the economy. Mm-hmm. He, he, but he also would, would, would point out that millions and millions of people making consumer decisions who don't know each other make the economy work better than control from Washington. And that's why when Washington tries to consume uh, the people's wealth and says we're going to do this and we're going to do that, it never works. And, uh, right. Steve, let me speak to your point. The Democrats, with all the success Reagan had in the booming economy, tried to rewrite history. And Mike Novak mm-hmm. at AEI got very upset about this. He went back and he looked who, at who the that? file. Mike Novak at AEI. And, right, right. Um, Michael Novak, he, he was he was a right. philosopher, but also... Um, he, he wrote a very good column from time to time on economics. He went back and looked at the Labor Department quintile. That's the five income yep, yep, yep. Yep. the Labor Department uses. And he found that each group, once the rigging tax cuts uh, pitched in, as Richard uh, right. noted in 83, that group over a nine to ten year period saw each, everyone saw a 10 or 11 to 12 percent increase. And that had, that was totally in their income. And that was unprecedented. And, what we found out later was that the people who were moving fast out of that in economic quintile and sometimes going up two or three categories were the poorest. And it's, there's, 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 wow. a very, there's a very powerful echo of this. When Donald Trump uh, touted his own tax cuts in right. a remarkable state of the union, right. he said, uh, we are now reaching record highs of Hispanic and African-American employment. And yep. the, Chamber went crazy, but one group wouldn't stand up. And that's the Democrats who are always telling us how much they care about minorities 
and those who haven't had the chance, others haven't. Like they don't. They care. Well, about you're them. so right about that. I mean, you know, you know this that under under Trump, uh, we had the lowest black and Hispanic poverty rate in the history of America. We had the right. biggest wage gains for blacks and Hispanics in the history of America, and yet the left continued to call him a racist president. Before I, I get to Richard, I want to ask you one more question because you have such a unique perspective. Uh, you work for Reagan and for Trump. And uh, I worked very, very, very briefly for Reagan, but I did work for Trump. And I always say that one of the things that I, I find really interesting about the two of them in terms, there were many differences, obviously, between Reagan and Trump. And I'm not saying Trump was a Ronald Reagan, but Two things I think that, and and tell me if you agree with me or not, Tony. One is that they both were always underestimated by their political opponents. And number two, they were optimists who love America and love people. Uh, That's absolutely true. Um, Look, uh, the the dark secret about uh, um, Donald Trump is that he he was exceedingly likable. And, you know, when the job... Oh, yeah. Work on ENF construction up in Bridgeport. When the guys in the job like the boss, it says a lot about him. Real Americans, working Americans, liked Donald Trump. It's the elite that didn't. He, and just like Reagan, they dismissed him. He, with with Trump, uh, it turned to hatred. In Reagan's time, the media had uh, lots of conscience. It was a liberal culture, but they were very fine people, many of them very fine journalists, and they tried to hold the other side accountable. When Jimmy Carter accused Ronald Reagan during the campaign of being a racist, the media jumped all over them, and, over him, and he had to go on TV and apologize and say he didn't mean it. Uh, right. That would never happen now. They call Donald Trump a racist and a traitor, and those of us who right. work with him. And yep. there's never even a hint of an apology, but that is, the people see through that and, and are yep. continuing to do so. Okay, Richard Roth, um, one of the things that I think is, you, you went through some of those statistics about how well the, you know, the, I mean, the statistics uh, speak for themselves about the after effect of those tax cuts. I mean, America went through an incredible economic renaissance that I think really continued for 40 years. And, and Trump certainly picked up that message and ran with it as well. And, and we saw great economic results. But one of the things I find interesting that I wanted to ask you about, because you are someone, after the Berlin Wall came down, you went to Eastern Europe and helped advise a lot of these governments about how to how to fix their tax systems. And so we did see, after Reagan cut taxes, and imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and all over the world, all of a sudden, countries started cutting taxes, right? Exactly. It was amazing that um, even the statists in Western Europe um, greatly reduced taxes. And if you look at corporate tax rates around the globe, they're a fraction of what they were um, decades ago. Individual rates went down. Because yeah. one thing the Reagan cuts proved, as our good buddy Art Laffer has talked about for years, yeah. Yeah. there is a maximizing rate for taxes, revenue at maximizing rate, and we're way above that. And so, Richard, so, hold on, just one second. Hold, Richard, hold on, just one second. Because this is so important, and I want to make sure people understand what you're talking about. Because, you know, people, if, if you're just, if you don't know anything about this stuff, you think, oh, you cut the tax rates, that's going to help rich people. And explain why it is that it's important to get tax rates down. Why, what is the economic effect of that? How does that help working-class people? Well, the fact is nobody ever paid the very high tax rates we had after World War II in a number of these other uh, countries because rich people can understand uh, very well how to order their affairs so they don't pay those high rates. But when you reduce the rate, 
what you do is get productive investment. And rich people and middle-class people are suddenly putting their money into productive enterprises. And that hires people. Um, right. You know, stashing right. money under the mattress to avoid the tax man is not right. a productive use of capital. And it, right. doesn't make, it doesn't hire anybody. And Reagan right. and Kemp and uh, Trump, all of them, understood that perfectly well. Right. And right. there's been no better spokesman for this than our, our good friend Art Laffer over the years, who's explained right. this time and time again. And it was demonstrated under the Reagan years that uh, there was a lot of people said, well, these tax cuts will, quote, never pay for themselves. Well, I did an analysis. I calculated they had paid, quote, paid for themselves within five years. I mean, the government was getting more revenue after the tax cuts than had wow. been projected with much higher rates. Now, hold and on, hold on again. Hold on, Richard, hold again. on, because this, this is so important. <laughs> so I, I want to make sure people understand what you're saying, because you're saying at the lower tax rates, tax revenues, the amount of money that was collected by the government was higher. And, and yep. that's because, what, the economy did better? Why is that? How did that happen? Because you have a lot more people working at higher right. wages. Let's just take right. one tax, the capital gains tax rate. Now, yeah. the capital gains tax is somewhat unique because it's a little bit discretionary whether or not you sell an asset. Capital gain is when you sell an asset. And if the rate is too high, people have what they call a lock-in effect. They don't uh, sell, whether it's stocks or real estate or whatever the assets might be. And uh, the Treasury Department, uh, under our friend Steve Benton right. back in Reagan years, um, right. did a study showing that uh, capital gains tax of more than about 15% loses revenue. And there's a lot of empirical evidence of that. And here now you have Biden wanting to greatly increase the capital gains rate, some right. cases would be 40%. Now, that's madness. You'll get a small fraction of the revenue that they project or you're getting today with that kind of rate because people won't realize capital gains and they'll find either legal or illegal ways uh -huh. of avoiding it. And we've had. So, so we may actually. So if, if Biden raises this tax rate to 40 some percent, we actually may lose revenue. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, right now, <laughs> we're already above the revenue maximizing rate for most taxes. The Biden tax increase in real terms. In which is, you know, inflation adjusted terms will lose the government revenue. I'll make that flat out prediction, prediction and I'm willing to take a bet with wow. Janet Yellen or anybody else on it. Right. Amazing. All right. Hey, I, I promise you guys I'd only keep you for about 25 minutes, but if, if I may indulge and ask you to stay over for this last break for just five more minutes, because I want to ask you one last parting question that I think is really important. Uh, I want to ask you about what's going on with Biden right now, uh, both Tony and Richard, because I, I really want your thoughts about what I think has been one of the worst week for a president in modern times. So stay with us, by the way, folks. I am going to take some of your calls right when we get back after I'm done with uh, Richard and Tony. That's 1-800-848-9222, one 848 wabc And I want to get your thoughts about Reagan and Biden. And we will be right back. You're listening to More Money. It's More Money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hi, folks. You're listening to More Money on 77 Talk Radio, WABC. We're having a really fun show. We're talking about 
what happened 40 years ago in this country uh, because it is so relevant to what is happening today. The incredible Reagan tax cuts that rebuilt America, both at home and abroad, rebuilt our economy, slayed inflation, got uh, America to be the number one economic superpower again. And uh, guys, thanks so much for holding over. We got Tony Dolan, who was the uh, chief speechwriter for Ronald Reagan and worked with Reagan in the White House, was in the Oval Office, knew Reagan so well. It's such a privilege to have you, Tony. And then my great friend, one of the best economists in the world, Richard Ron, who was at the Chamber of Commerce at the time and, and played a big role in getting those tax cuts passed. Guys, thanks for holding over. Quick question for you that I've been, when I started out the show at the, in the, uh, an hour ago, I made this point that I am, I've never seen a president in modern times, have a worse week <laughs> than Joe Biden. And, I, and, I, and I'm just shocked by the incompetent decision-making that's going on in this White House. Uh, first, you have the news of inflation that is getting worse, in my opinion, not better, Richard. And then you have the President of the United States, <laughs> this is so embarrassing, going over hat in hand to the Saudi Arabians and asking them, please, 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 will you increase your output of oil and gas when we have more oil and gas here in the United States than any other country, but thanks to Biden, we're not producing it. And then third, we have the, the fiasco, the tragedy that is going on in Afghanistan that is being so mismanaged, the Taliban is taking over Afghanistan. So, Tony, you work for two presidents I mean, what advice would you give to Joe Biden? I mean, it's almost like he's doing everything wrong. Well, he certainly is. And by the way, the number you're looking for, revenues went up 98% under... 98%? Uh, wow! Under, From the Reagan tax Reagan cuts. Wow. Tax cuts, yeah. Uh, look, it's very important to understand why. And, and you've just mentioned three of them. He comes in, starts a border crisis, shuts down the oil industry, there's climb in our streets um, that, that continues to grow. He seems to feed every crisis and make things worse just out of spite to do the opposite of what Trump did that was successful. And that's the point. Look, liberals are not doing public philosophy anymore. They are right. doing theology. They they care about omniscience right. and sovereignty. This The conservative movement began, by the way, pointing out that this was what was wrong with what Ronald Reagan called the cult of the state. These are people... Right. It's hard to believe, but ever since the uh, Garden of Eden, uh, as Whitaker Chambers pointed out, people are driven by a mad desire for power over others. And that's just the point. Liberals want pe chaos, and they want everybody dependent on the government. They don't want that's people true. to be independent and get ahead. And that's what minorities and, and people who are on their way up, that's why we see so many fantastically hardworking Hispanic families right. realizing that uh, the Democratic Party holds nothing for them. And... There's well, a reason for this, and that is because these are people without any real uh, compass in their life other than the thought that they're the nation's spiritual leaders. They're and Reagan, Reagan understood, right, Tony, that it's the individual, it's the spirit of the individual really makes America great, not government. Exactly, and he, he often said, we want a society where someone can rise as far and as fast as their talents will take them. And they Amazing. Okay. So, uh, Richard Ron, <laughs> we got... Higher inflation, we've got businesses that can't get their workers back on the job. Uh, how much trouble do you think this economy is in right now? Well, it's in a lot of trouble, and it's going to be made worse unless they reverse policy. Uh, Tony remembers this well. Um, you were probably too young, Steve. But <laughs> when, you, when, when you have a high inflation, stagnant economy, 
way we had under Carter, you don't turn that around in one quarter. It took Reagan with good policies three years to really right. make those all those changes right. that were right. necessary to get the economy really roaring again. And what I fear is if we go on much longer with this uh, Biden nonsense doing everything wrong, increasing right. spending, increasing taxes, increasing regulation, right. uh, just uh, in the monetary side, which is a right. total fiasco. Right. Uh, this can't be turned around, even if the Republicans gain control of the House and Senate in another year and a half and get the pre- and get the presidency in two and a half years. Um, it's not going to be a one or two quarter turnaround. It's going to take uh, probably a couple of years to undo the damage, even if that. I think you're right. And I think we have to stop. The most important thing right now, uh, given where we are, is we have to stop this insane $4 trillion uh, spending bill that Biden is talking about. But don't you think, Richard, that would make inflation worse? Of course. I mean, yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if inflation, as they say, is nothing more than uh, the money supply going faster and the supply of goods and services, the Biden administration is doing everything they can to reduce the increase in goods and services through all the regulations, paying people for not working and all the rest. At the same time, the Fed still has not throttled back on the monetary yep. growth. Yep. And, it yep. often, and, and when you have rapid monetary growth, as you and Tony know, it takes uh, a year or so for all that to show up. Sure and it's, it takes another couple of years to reverse it all. I mean, well, folks, that's too Two great, 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 great uh, American patriots, Tony Dolan, who was a major speechwriter, the chief speechwriter for both Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, and Richard Rod, one of the best economists in the world. Guys, thanks so no, much Steve, for uh, Steve, staying I with me. I not write a word for Donald Trump, but uh, uh, I know, I was, but you had a big influence, I was, I was Richard. A planner. I mean, yeah, Tony. That's right. Yeah, All right. Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973 354 2276 or elevatewellnessgroup.com.